Welcome to another edition of the Powers on Sports podcast. I'm your host, Jason Powers, down here in Tampa, Florida. We are heading into week two of the National Football League, as well as week three of college football, as we hit mid-September. Well, I just want to give you a little update. This time last week, I was recovering from microscopic arthroscopic knee surgery had a had a meniscus tear repaired I want to give a shout out to dr. David Leffers out at USF uh, for the the care and the, and the operation take care of me and hopefully we'll be back on the mend here in another couple weeks we'll be back out on the football field running around but uh, one thing you don't ever realize you don't realize when, you, when your knee is bothering you and when you're not able to walk around cleanly and, and without pain and discomfort and Im- imbalance, what a hassle that can sometimes be. It's weird to think how, how much your knee is how you, your knee is so important to have just functionality, day-to-day functionality. But when one of your knees are messed up and you can't move around very well, it really gives you an appreciation for what uh, for your for, for having some decent health. Want to give a want to just give a remembrance. It's the 18th anniversary this week of 9/11. It's incredible to think that it's already been 18 years. I remember back in 01, I was in Birmingham uh, working at UAB, and I remember that day that that day I did not have to go to work until a little bit later in the morning. So I actually crazy to think this, but I slept. I didn't wake up till probably 9:30 Central Time. To, when all the, when both planes had already hit the World Trade Center and, and all that stuff. So I kind of woke up late to the, late to the news, what was going on, which was kind of weird. So, but yeah, what a terrible uh, day. Um, again, shout out to all the first responders, to anybody that, you know, anybody that's in that line of work as far as helping people, responders, paramedics, police, fire, just a tremendous, uh, job you guys do on a day-to-day basis as well as our military um, just a, again 18 years it'll be something we'll obviously we will remember forever it's kind of changed how we live in the live in the United States kind of a lot of the things that uh, we have, have have to um, that are going to help us security wise and all those kind of things are all because of 9-11 so don't ever forget that day. It's again, you may not have been personally affected by that day, but not not having anybody. But I mean, just the biggest uh, American tragedy that we've had um, in my lifetime, obviously. But just a terrible day. But again, as the years go by, it's 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 uh, things are getting better and better. News came out that uh, Osama bin Laden's son has been confirmed dead, which that's a good sign. So good job by the uh, collaboration of, of, of countries around the world that uh, were involved in that, in that uh, uh, taking care of that, because we do not need any more evil people. And Bin Laden's son has been known to be uh, part of Al-Qaeda and, and, and kind of the spearhead and all that stuff. So good job by the people that be that took care of that um, and that he's been confirmed killed here in the last day so 
kudos to uh, the U.S. government and governments around the world that helped in that uh, help doing taking care of that. So, all right, so let's get to. We're going to talk college football tonight. We're going to talk the NFL. We're going to talk you a little the U.S. Open. We're going to talk a little Major League Baseball races. The uh, wild card races are going down to the wire. We got about two weeks left of the season. Got some wild uh, wild card scenarios that are possible. We're going to talk some college football. We're going to talk again some NFL stuff. Week one reviews. We got the Cleveland Browns disaster. We've got Oakland stepping up. We got AB to the Patriots. We've got some big injuries. We we have some pewter picks. By the way, I went according to my calculations. I went five and one last week in my picks that I gave you guys. I gave you Clemson, Texas. Texas was a push, so I won't count that. So we'll say four, one, and one. I gave you Clemson. I gave you uh, Texas, which was a push. I gave you Houston. I gave you Oakland outright as a winner. I gave you a Baltimore Dallas teaser, and the, and the loser was Tampa Bay, which they should have won the game. But uh, my man Jameis Winston had a very ill-advised inter- interception late in the game. So, all right, so let's let's get to some college football first. Last week, Clemson dominates Texas A&M, showing their superiority. I was very surprised the lack of uh, offensive ability out of Texas A&M. Their defense played well in Death Valley, but the Clemson uh, Tigers once again show why they're the number one team in the country. A very, very good defense. Trevor Lawrence played good enough. He didn't play great, but he played good enough to uh, – Take out Texas A&M twenty-four to ten. Again, Clemson's got a very soft schedule with Texas A&M, and then they've got a, a road game tonight, Saturday at Syracuse, which Syracuse got crushed last week by Maryland, so that's probably not going to be much of a test. So Clemson's got a pretty good uh, journey to the Final Four playoff, one of the spots. So I would be very surprised if they don't run the table. Uh, you have. Michigan Army overtime in the big house. Once again, Army turns out to almost be giant killers. If you remember last year, they took Oklahoma to overtime in Norman. This year, they go to Ann Arbor, have the game in control, throw a very poor interception around the goal line, middle of the third quarter, which would have extended an lead they already had. Michigan under a new off, they've got they're going to more of a spread offense. Got a new offensive coordinator. Continue to struggle offensively. Fumbles, sacks, offensive line not playing very well. Shea Patterson not playing very well. Somehow Michigan still got a very good defense. Their their defense survives and advances, and somehow Harbaugh squeaks out of Ann Arbor last week with a W. But uh, concern has to be running running rampant in Ann Arbor from with the offense. I believe they go to, they've got a big, they've got the, they'll start their Big Ten season here, but uh, things got to improve in Ann Arbor with that offense. UCLA 0-2, Tennessee 0-2, Florida State 1-1. Those three teams, Florida State escapes last week against Louisiana Monroe at home. Again, have a huge 21-point lead, blow it. Go to overtime against Louisiana Monroe, scoring overtime. Louisiana Monroe scores in overtime, but botches and misses. Duck hooks the extra point, TJ Hooker style, and Florida State survives 45-44. But again, continued concern in Tallahassee with Willie Taggart and company. 
Taggart's bringing in Jim Levitt, the former defensive coordinator at Oregon, former head coach at USF, bringing him in as an analyst, as a defensive analyst. I think, uh, you know, another set of eyes to help with the, some of the defensive schemes potentially. Um, but big problems in Tallahassee on the defensive side. Again, the offense is doing okay and moving the ball, but the defense is just a sieve. Um, Ill-advised, you know, seems like they take the gas off the pedal in the second half. They, they score a bunch of points early and then sh struggle to get to the finish line late. Tough game this week. They go on the road to Virginia. That will be a very tough game. Florida State is an eight-point underdog, which is, I mean, jeez. Can't last time. I can't remember the last time in my lifetime they were an eight-point underdog, but they are, and will probably lose in Charlottesville on Saturday night. Tennessee 0-2 lose to BYU again. Another another clown act at the end of the game in Knoxville. They're up six. They're up three points late with under 20 seconds to go. Give up a 60 like a 65-yard pass. Just a ridiculous uh, defensive uh, series of events on that play. Give up a 65-yard pass. BYU kicks a field goal at the gun to go to overtime, and then they win the game in overtime. So, again, major problems in Knoxville. Jeremy Pruitt in that program. The Urban Meyer talk has already begun. Uh, so you're going to hear a lot. You're going to hear a lot of uh, chatter here in the next several weeks about Urban Meyer, whether it's at Tennessee, whether it's at USC, somewhere. You're going to see Urban Meyer on a sideline next year. And again, don't be surprised if Tennessee doesn't break the bank to try to get Urban Meyer. Um, but because uh, he apparently said on the, one of the Fox pregame shows that he does that he thinks Tennessee is a top 10 job, yada, yada, yada. So don't be surprised if, if the, the cat, cat calls start coming for Jeremy Pruitt to go. Um, and then you're going to hear Urban Meyer's name. Phil Fulmer is the AD there, the former coach. So. Graciously known as Fat Phil back in the day, but big problems in Tennessee. They have a brutal SEC schedule. They'll be lucky if they're not one in six. Um, they've got four brutal SEC games coming up after this one more non-conference game. So again, issues in Knoxville. Out to Los Angeles, UCLA. Chip Kelly, innovative offense allegedly. Big personality, all that good stuff, and UCLA is just is just off to a uh, horrific start. 0-2, lose to San Diego State last week. One of the worst offenses in the country. He's got one of the youngest teams in the country. Apparently, he's playing just a boatload of freshmen, sophomores. Um, but that's no excuse. You're still you're still UCLA. You have to beat San Diego State. You're 0-2. you got Oklahoma coming to town this weekend. Jalen Hurts giving away tickets by the by the uh, barrelfuls. Any season ticket holder is eligible to get four free tickets to give away. I mean, they're just getting begging people to come to the Rose Bowl. Uh, that's going to be a national TV game today, so it'll be interesting to see what their effort level is today. But again, this could be another situation where if things go off the rails, they could go off the rails in a hurry here at UCLA if they don't turn it around. As far as not, not even winning, it's the effort and the they better have good effort today. They better not lay down and get run out of the building by Oklahoma. If not, I think you could see a major problem developing in, in Westwood with Chip Kelly. 
you know, his 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 light has, was so bright several years ago when he left Oregon to go to Philadelphia. He was doing very well in Philadelphia the first couple of years, and he, then he was he he was he got to be where he was in full control of the personnel, and then that's when the that's when the, uh, the the car started going off the edge of the road is when he started getting personnel decisions. Was was let go in Philadelphia, ended up in San Francisco. That didn't work out. So back in the college ranks, which is probably where he needs to be, but um, you just wonder if Chip Kelly's 15 minutes of fame is kind of gone. But uh, major issues out at UCLA. So as far as this slate of games this week, it's not a great slate, to be honest with you. I don't think there's there are no t- top 25 matchups. There's a couple of intriguing games. You got USC going to BYU. USC with a freshman quarterback played very well last week against Stanford and beat Stanford. You got Stanford. Speaking of Stanford, you got Stanford coming to Orlando to play Central Florida, which is a big statement game for Central Florida. First big, huge opponent they've had come to Central Florida in a while. You've got Iowa, Iowa State, which is going to be a very good rivalry game. A sneaky game is Arizona State at Michigan State. That could be a decent game. Herm Edwards doing a good job at Arizona State turning that around. You have uh, Clemson going to Syracuse. Again, two weeks ago, everybody thought that was going to be a great game, but Syracuse has not played well so far. And you got Oklahoma going to UCLA. So, not a great slate of games, to be honest with you. We'll give you a couple. We'll give you a couple picks at the end of the at the end of the podcast. But again, not a good slate here. Another starting probably next week, you're going to see a lot more conference games. So within, but in the next two weeks, conference season will be in full full bore, full go. So you'll see a lot more good matchups. I know next week you got Georgia going, Georgia hosting Notre Dame next week. So that's going to be a huge game. I'm sure game day will be in Athens for that. So uh, again, not a great, not a great college schedule. I uh, got some teams that are that are that are uh, in desperate need of, of good some success. UCLA, Tennessee, Florida State. You still got the haves and the have-nots. You still got the dominant top four or five teams. Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Notre Dame. Those are those are still your your, your kind of top five heavyweights. Great game last week in Austin between LSU Texas. I was surprised. I was I was pleasantly surprised and impressed how well LSU played. That Joe Burrow and that new offense at LSU is is for real. They are going to be a major threat in the SEC West because of the offensive firepower that they now have. The aggressive play calling, Joe Burrow's playing very well. If they can keep him healthy, that's going to be a very good test for Alabama when, 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 the, when the time comes. So um, LSU was very impressive winning in Austin. Again, I'm in, I like, I still like Texas. I think Texas has still got a good team. They're going to, their next big showdown is going to be with Oklahoma with the Red River rivalry in, a, in probably three weeks or so, three or four weeks. So again, Texas, LSU, very impressive. Even uh, that was probably the game of the week last week and um, as far as competitiveness. So, and we did give you Texas plus the set. We bought them up to seven for a push, but that game should not have been a seven-point game. Texas should have been uh, either winning or should have covered that game easily because first two possessions of the game, they get stopped inside the three-yard line on fourth down and then a uh, on downs, and then they the, the running back drops a fourth down pass right in his hands in the end zone. So, but I'm still a believer in Texas. Um, so, all right, let's give you a quick little U.S. Open uh, 
tidbit, a little quick couple quick notes. Great final, epic final between Nadal and Medvedev. A five-set classic last Sunday afternoon in Flushing Meadow. Trem Nadal up two sets. Medvedev fights back to force a fifth set. They play a very good fifth set. This Medvedev guy from Russia, he's had a tremendous summer season on the hard courts. Rising star. Um, again, Nadal shows the grit, the guts, the competitiveness. Uh, he is absolutely the best grinder and the best competitor of tennis has probably ever seen as far as he'll stay out there five hours if that's what it takes. And he just finds a way to get it done. He's now one major behind Federer. He's at 19 majors, one behind Federer. And, um, you know, with what Roger's doing in his age, advanced age, you just wonder if Roger can win. Kind of the only viable ones he probably can win are probably Wimbledon and the U.S. Open. And so it's probably likely that Nadal and or Djokovic will catch Federer. But Federer is still a great champion. Unbelievable. Uh, he lost a tough match in the quarterfinals, but um, a great final between Nadal, Medvedev. And on the women's side, you had kind of a possible changing of the guard. You had Bianca Andreescu, the first ever Canadian to win a major championship. She took out Serena Williams in straight sets, had Serena down 5-1 in the second set. Serena comes all the way back to 5-all. Flushing Arthur Ashe Stadium was rocking. I, I don't know if I've ever heard it that loud. They were going nuts when Serena made it 5-all. And Drescu was clearly feeling the pressure of the moment. She was, she had two chances to serve it out in the second set and got broke both times. Played very tight late in that second set. Once it got to 5-all, and Drescu found a way to hold serve at 6-5, and then she was able to break Serena to, to win the match at 7-5 in the second set. So congratulations on Bianca Andreescu, first ever Canadian, went her first major championship. She's a, She looks like she's going to be the kind of player that's going to be around a while and be very, very competitive and very much in the mix for the majors. So good for her. All right. Major League Baseball. We'll talk a little baseball here, and then we'll get to the end. We'll wrap up the podcast with all NFL talk and then pewter picks. Want to reach out to us at Kick the Football. F at Kick the FB is our Twitter feed. Love to hear from you. If you want to send me an email, sportspowers at yahoo.com. Sports powers with an S, two S's, sports and powers with an S at yahoo.com. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, or tell a friend about the podcast. I try to be try to give you some good information, both college and pros, pro football nuggets, stuff you maybe haven't heard elsewhere. Uh, we're gonna give you some again. We're gonna give you some free picks. Um, so, Major League Baseball wild card races coming down to the wire in the American League. Got three teams fighting for two spots: Cleveland, Oakland, Tampa Bay. It has been going back and forth between those three teams of which two are going to make it. You know, for my money, I'm going to I'm going to give Tampa. I think Tampa Bay is going to find a way to get in. I think it's going to be Tampa Bay and Cleveland in a one game playoff. Cleveland's got very good pitching. Tampa Bay's got very good pitching. They got some guys coming back: Blake Snell, Tyler Glass. Now they're hitting the ball fairly consistently. Again, Cleveland's got some pedigree with uh, some of the older guys: Lindor. Uh, the pitchers, uh, you got Kipnis, you got uh, Santana, 
those guys. So I think it's going to be a Tampa Bay, Cleveland, one-game wild card in Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland still has an outside shot at the American League Central versus Minnesota, but they're, they're four or five games out. They have one more series left with Minnesota, so they would almost have to sweep. They would for sure have to sweep the series with Minnesota to have any shot at division title, but I think it's going to be a three-for-two spot. Tampa Bay, Oakland, Cleveland. I think Tampa Bay is going to sneak in the back door and going to be going to Cleveland for a one-game wild-card playoff. National League, a little different story. We have a, numerous teams that are in the mix still. Division races are pretty much wrapped, not wrapped up, but pretty pretty much wrapped up. You have Atlanta in the east. You got L.A. in the west. Most likely St. Louis in the in the central. Wild card, a you know the Nationals comfortably ahead in the in the first wild card spot. They're up about four three to half, four games in the wild card. They should unless they collapse. They should be hosting the wild card game in D.C. The second wild card spot is a. Cluster, you know what? Teams galore: Philadelphia, the Mets, Milwaukee, the Cubs, Arizona. I mean, you—you you, looking on paper, you would think the Cubs would be in the driver's seat there, based on the talent, the pedigree, the experience. Milwaukee took a major blow this week. Kristen Yelich breaks his kneecap on a foul ball off his kneecap. Just terrible. Was probably going to win the MVP. He here, Clay Bellinger. So Milwaukee's at a major disadvantage now with no Yelich, though they've won their first three or four games without Yelich since the injury. The Mets spiraling kind of up and down, up and down. You got controversy with Syndergaard, the manager, the, 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 the GM. You got Arizona, who's gone in a nosedive. They were, they were in the mix. They were making a big run, and they've gone into a, like a five- or six-game losing streak nosedive, so they're probably done. Philadelphia. Somehow they're hanging around. They're a couple games behind, but it's a it's theoretically a five five race five teams for one spot. You very well could have multiple more than two teams tie for that last spot. So you could have a very interesting situation at the end of the season. You might have a three. You could have theoretically have a three or four way tie for the last wild card spot, which means you'd have to have another little mini tournament to see who gets that second wild card spot to then go to Washington. So it's going to be an awesome last two weeks if you're a baseball fan, especially a National League fan, watching this second wild card race. Definitely going to be a uh, race to watch. I think the Cubs are going to find a way. I think it's going to be Chicago and Washington. I think the Cubs with the pedigree, the experience, Joe Madden, Bryant, Rizzo. Uh, big injury with Javier Baez, though, his thumb injury. He's going to be out the rest of the regular season. I'm not sure what his playoff status is yet, but when you have that kind of thumb injury, that's probably not a great sign for the playoffs. But I think the Cubs will find a way to get to the second wild card. I think the Cubs will be going to Washington for a one-game showdown. Probably you Darvish versus uh, Strasburg or Scherzer in that one-game wild card. So, all right. Week one of the National Football League in the books. Very exciting week one. Culminating on Monday night, you had two very good Monday night, not, not great Monday night. The first game was tremendous. New Orleans, Houston was tremendous in New Orleans. Uh, and then you had Oakland surprising Denver out on the West Coast late, late night. Give kudos to Steve Levy, Greasy, and Lou Riddick. I thought they did an excellent job on the broadcast, the second Monday night game broadcast. 
I would love to see. I could see those three definitely being uh, the the next wave of Monday Night announcers. They, they have very good chemistry, good information. They stay out of the way. You know, Booger. Booger just loves to just to, every every play is the biggest play of the game. Every every series is critical. You know, Booger's just a little too uh, over the top on on his analysis. He he gives good information, but lay. Ease up on the uh, the importance of every single play in the game and how important every single third down conversion is and how much every every single guy has matured and getting so much better and yada yada yada. Just call the game, let the let the game to come to you a little bit, Booger. But uh, and I like Tessator. I, I do like Joe gets a little over dramatic sometimes, but um, but I I can I can live with Tessator. But Booger, come on, Booger, settle down a little bit. Stay in your lane. Call a good game. Cleveland Browns. Disaster. Week one. Hosting Tennessee. Baker Mayfield. Terrible in week one. Three picks. Just just all the hype from the offseason. All the talk about Cleveland. All this. All that. Cleveland running their mouths. At home. Tennessee. Marcus Mariota struggling mightily in the preseason. And they get thumped 43-13. I mean, just... Uh, absolute horrific performance by Cleveland. Penalties galore. 18 penalties. The left tackle gets ejected. They don't run the ball. Don't stay committed to the run. The defense is not very good. Baker Mayfield's not very good. You got Odell wearing his $200,000 watch. I mean, are you freaking kidding me, Odell? I mean, are you that big of a clown, really? Apparently you are, man. I mean, but... Major, major questions have to be answered in Cleveland. They've got to win this game. This coming up Monday night in New York against the depleted Jets. We'll talk about them in a second as far as the injuries. But if you're Cleveland, you cannot go to 0-2, uh, you know, or else that 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 that, that locker room could go be a disaster in a hurry. Uh, Freddie Kitchens better show some leadership. Again, I, I want to give the guy the benefit of the doubt as the coach, but this is where you're going to earn your money, weeks like this. So you better get a game plan together. You better run the ball more. As much as we all think Landry, Beckham, and Joku, you got a great running back in, in Chubb. Run the ball. Let the play action develop. That's when Odell, Landry, and Joku are going to be at their best. Okay, If you have to throw it 50 times, okay, do that. But run the ball with Chubb. Okay, Antonio Brown saga. What a, I mean, I mean, last time we spoke, he had not been released from the Raiders. He gets released last Saturday. Immediately, within two hours, he's now a New England Patriot, of course. And then as that whole story unfolds early in the week, then the allegation comes out, the civil lawsuit about sexual assault of a former trainer of his that they were apparently having... He says they were having a consensual relationship. She says he raped her three times. So is he going to – I'm surprised Goodell did not put him on the exempt list, but apparently the NFL is going to be interviewing this young lady this week, this coming week. So you don't, this story is far from being over as far as a suspension for, for Antonio Brown potentially. I don't know what I uh, – that's a tough situation. If you're, if you're Antonio Brown, you say you didn't do it. Uh, should you be suspended and not be allowed to play just because there's an allegation against you, especially since it's a civil allegation, it's not even a criminal allegation. 
I don't understand why the young lady, I do understand, she wants money, but if this is such a, a, a bad experience for you, why didn't you file a, a criminal a criminal case with the police um, and not just a civil case? Apparently, uh, there was some the script, there was some talk about she was looking for a loan of $1.5 million or something for a business project. That didn't happen, so maybe that was the Oedipus of why this uh, civil lawsuit came about. But either way, not a great look for her filing just a civil lawsuit, not a criminal lawsuit. NFL is going to interview her this week. I'm sure they're going to talk to Antonio Brown. Potentially suspension could be looming for Antonio if her story is deemed to be credible. Sounds like he's going to play week one, week two in Miami for the Patriots. I mean, the Patriots looked great on Sunday night, destroyed Pittsburgh. Brady was brilliant. The defense is what impressed me even more. The defense was very, very good in New England. Roethlisberger and the Steelers did not play particularly well, but I think a lot of it had to do with the defense. Uh, but Brady and that offense was, was just on point. Josh Gordon, I mean, they didn't even run the ball very well either. That's the scary part. They didn't. Even, Sony Michelle didn't even run the ball much for much yardage, but the passing game was on point, and the defense was just dynamite. So big year out of New England coming. You have the Dolphins disaster getting giving up 59 points in week one against Baltimore, a full tank in, in effect in Miami. Players are asking to get out. Minka Fitzpatrick given permission to seek out a trade. I mean, they've unloaded Tunsil. They unloaded Kenny Stills, Kiko Alonso. This is going to be a dumpster fire in Miami this, this year. I did make a play for Miami under four and a half wins, so I'm feeling pretty good about that. But... I mean, you can't take anything away, take anything out of what Baltimore did. Baltimore scores 59. Lamar Jackson throws four touchdowns. You know, hard to take anything, hard hard to make any assessments on that because Miami is that bad. I will say it's, it's encouraging for Baltimore that Lamar Jackson's playing better and was able to hit some passes, all that kind of good stuff. Uh, Speaking of Antonio, you have Oakland having to then play through the Antonio situation. Like they played with some freedom Monday night. David Carr played excellent football. Tyrell Williams, Josh Jacobs played very well. The offensive line for Oakland was very good. Um, defensively, I think they're still going to have some struggles as we move forward. But I think the offense is going to be okay in Oakland with Gruden, uh, David Carr, Tyrell, Jacobs, Darren Waller. Good job at tight end. Uh, one of their uh, their big safety from Mississippi State, Abram, he got he's out for the season now with a shoulder injury. But I think Oakland's Oakland's going to be better than people think. I, everybody kept thinking after hard knocks that o Oakland was going to be terrible. I don't think so. I think Oakland's going to be very competitive. I think a, a seven seven win team, seven or eight win team is very possible in Oakland this year, especially if David Carr can play well. And Tyrell, my buddy Tyrell, on the fantasy front. Big dividends for Pewter Powers with Tyrell Williams. My guy Tyrell, number one option. The other big theme of were some injuries, big injuries in week one. Nick Foles, Jacksonville goes down, broken clavicle, probably out 10 weeks or so. Tyreek Hill in the same game, shoulder injury, another clavicle kind of collarbone type injury. Sounds like he's going to be out four to six weeks. Sam Darnold. Melt full, by the way, before we get to Sam Darnold, let's talk about the full meltdown by the Jets. Jets are up 16-0 at home against Buffalo, late third quarter, dominating the game. 
Buffalo, turnovers, sacks, all over Buffalo and Josh Allen. What the Jets didn't do is they didn't put the game away. They kept kicking. They, they, you know, they, they, their, their field goal kicker missed a make, very makeable field goal and an extra point. He's gone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Vedvik. Vedvik. The Robbie Ficken era has begun in New York kicking the ball. They're starting to look like the Tampa Bay Buccaneer kicking situation. It's been in years past. They've gone through four kickers already, and we're not even in week two, by the way. So for the Jets. But the Jets just kept letting, letting Buffalo hang around, had no business being in that game. Give credit to Josh Allen. Nice fourth quarter, uh, nice fourth quarter, made some clutch throws at the end. Buffalo wins 17-16 in New York. After the game, it's it's revealed that Sam Darnold is going to be out. He has mononucleosis. I've never had that, but they say that's pretty debilitating in, uh, sickness as far as your energy level and you lose a bunch of weight. No Sam Darnold for the next probably month, probably. You got Trevor Simeon steps in for him. Uh, good, good opening debut by Le'Veon Bell. But, again, disaster, uh, just a, a collapse in... in uh, New York for the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Very possibly could be 0-6, have a brutal schedule coming up. They got Cleveland and they got four more brutal games coming up. So it's very possible that the Jets could be 0-6. Um, but, all right, last point we're going to talk about, officiating. There was some interesting officiating. The, the new pass interference rules, in effect, where coaches can challenge calls and no calls. We had one in Tampa Bay that was very interesting late in the game against San Francisco. Richard Sherman, Dick Sherman, clearly not looking at the ball, clearly grabs Mike Evans across the, sh the chest. Nope, we got a no call on the field, no call review. I mean, just I don't understand it. You had uh, you had a very rough call in the Thursday night game between Carolina and Tampa Bay where the Carolina receiver was running a double move. The Bucks DB was clearly beat, ran into the, ran into, created an illegal contact situation with the receiver. How that's not called by the side judge, I don't know. But the side judge doesn't even throw the flag for illegal contact. They throw an incomplete pass. Carolina reviews it, challenges it for a review, and illegal contact is not able to be reviewed, so they cannot rule on that. So it was deemed to be not pass interference, which... I'm not real sure about that, but again, some very interesting situation with the, with this new pass interference uh, uh, rule challenge situation. I don't know how they're you know it's just it's just very very difficult to see the inconsistency and how they're how they're ruling on this stuff. So um, I think you're going to see more and more issues coming up around that around that topic throughout the year. Uh, Must-win teams for week two. Atlanta got killed in Minnesota. Very poor, poor performance. Pittsburgh, very poor performance in Gillette. Shout out to my boy Mike Banks, who was in attendance in Gillette, to see your boy Brady, Kraft, and the fellas after a Saturday at Fenway with the Red Sox and the Yankees. So that's a pretty cool weekend for him. So, um, But don't be afraid to make a trade with Pewter, man. Come on, man. Mike's Lions settle for a, 
uh, overtime tie thanks to Daryl Bevel's disastrous timeout call late in the fourth quarter for Detroit when they were going to clinch the game by not calling the timeout. But, of course, he calls the timeout after we've already completed a first down pass. So the play doesn't count. we got to re replay third down again. They don't convert. Punt. And Arizona takes it down, scores, makes a two-point conversion, and we go to overtime and ends in a tie. So we're kissing our sister. So thanks to Tom Collins, a.k.a. Matt Prater, for hitting the game tire in overtime. Detroit minus two and a half. Not good. Ugh. So... Week two, National Football League. Well, I'm going to pick every game for you here. I'm going to give you who I think is going to win each game. And then I'll give you, and then we'll end up with our pewter picks. Thursday night, my Bucks get it done in Carolina. Again, Cam Newton not looking very good. I will say give more credit to the Tampa Bay defense. The defense is definitely transformed now with Todd Bowles in charge of the defense. Jameis Winston plays good enough he wasn't great but we didn't need him to be great we don't need him to be great do your job Jameis. didn't throw any interceptions no turnovers very efficient throw to the open guy run the ball pretty well they ran the ball well with peyton barber on thursday night um played very good defense on cam newton but it's something looks like something's wrong with cam newton physically they called no they i think they only called one design run play the whole day on a fourth down early in the game where the bucks stopped them Late in the game, Carolina has fourth and one at the two-yard line. And instead of typically that's a Cam Newton special direct snap to Cam, and he makes a, he figures out a way to get a yard. They run a kind of a, a direct snap to Christian McCaffrey, a fake reverse. He runs around the end, and great play by Vernon Hargreaves to keep him short of the first down. And the Buccaneers win the game 20-14, to 14, a huge win for the Bucs and Bruce Arians to get to one and one. A terrible loss for, for uh, Riverboat Ron Rivera, 0-2. We've lost both games at home. Long year in store in Carolina. But hopefully have Christian McCaffrey on fantasy football like I do. Ha, 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 ha. Not a great game Thursday night, but he'll be a dynamite, dynamic player all year. Okay, here we go Sunday. Tennessee minus three, hosting the Colts. I like the Colts here. I know a lot of people are on Tennessee this week. I like the Colts to rebound. Colts played well on the road. It's L.A. last week, lost in overtime. I like the Colts to get back to one and one. I like the Colts plus the three as well. We've got the Chargers going to Detroit. Tricky game here, L.A. minus one and a half. I think L.A. figures out a way to win the game. Late, very tight game. I think Rivers... Has a late drive, late field goal, wins the game in Detroit. Buffalo goes to the Giants, back to the Meadowlands for a second straight week. It's pretty odd that the same team plays in the same stadium twice in a row on the road. But they Buffalo was in uh, MetLife last week for the Jets. Now they're in MetLife again this week for the Giants. Giants got killed last week in Dallas. Eli played pretty well, but they went away completely from Saquon Barkley after the first drive. I think the Giants are going to figure out a way to get it done this week. I'll take the Giants at home. Arizona goes to Baltimore. Kyler versus Lamar. Kind of this is your new age quarterback matchup. I like Baltimore at home. Minus 12 and a half is a big number. I'm going to say Baltimore by eight or nine, eight to 10 points. New England Patriots, 18 and a half point favorites on the road in Miami. Again, full dumpster fire in Miami. New England win rolls. Dallas. Goes to our DC to FedEx Field 
and sees the Redskins. That Washington played very well last week in Philadelphia for a half. Case Keenum played pretty well. Darius Geis injured for, for the Redskins, still missing Trent Williams at left tackle. The Cowboys might have been the most impressive team of the week. Dak Prescott played out of his mind. Four touchdowns, 400 yards, looked very much in control. New key here is new offensive coordinator Kellen Moore. A lot more shifts, a lot more formations, a lot more variety in the offense. I like what Dallas is doing. Give me the Cowboys on the road in Washington to go to 2-0. Jacksonville going to Houston. Jacksonville, the Gardner-Minshew era has begun. Played very well in relief of Nick Foles last week, even though they got rolled by the Chiefs. Houston, demoralizing loss Monday night. What are you doing, Bill, Bill O'Brien? Romeo Cornell in the last play of the game. Giving Drew Brees a free seven-yard throw. You cannot do that with six seconds left in the game. You've got to play up. Press man. Make him throw it over the top, which means it's going to be a, more than a six-second play. Or, I heard this as a... As a Drop all 11 men in coverage. Don't rush anybody. There's only six seconds left in the game. <coughs> Drop 11 guys in coverage. You should be able to cover 11 on f 11 on four in six seconds. Prevent a, prevent a, a six, seven-yard catch. They don't. Call timeout. Will Lutz comes in, kicks a 58-yard field goal with a gun. Clutch kick. New Orleans wins. I, I expect Houston to rebound against Jacksonville, though it wouldn't surprise me if it's going to be a close game. That Houston offensive line is still a disaster. Deshaun sacked six times last week. Give me Houston in a close one. Seattle goes to Pittsburgh. A must-win game for the Steelers at home. Seattle did not look very good last week at home against Cincinnati. They escaped one by one point. Pittsburgh, I expect a bounce back. Minus three and a half. I really like that, by the way. I expect the Seattle secondary was not good last week against Cincinnati. I think you're going to see Pittsburgh exploit that. Juju, James Washington. Be, look, look out for James Washington. I like him. I think he's going to be the number two option there in Pittsburgh. Look for some Vance McDonald this week and look for some James Conner. But love Pittsburgh this week, minus three and a half. Sam Fran on the road a second straight week in Cincinnati. The Niners stayed in Youngstown, Ohio this week. Did not go back to San Francisco following the road trip to Tampa. Back-to-back -back road games in Cincinnati. Cincinnati played much better than expected last week in Seattle. I'm going to take the Bengals here in a close game. I was not impressed with the San Francisco offense last week. They lost Tevin, uh, Tevin Coleman. Uh, again, Zach Taylor, Andy Dalton played very well. I'm going I'm to take Cincinnati at home. Minnesota, maybe the game of the week. Minnesota goes to Green Bay. Minnesota played very well at home against Atlanta. Thumped Atlanta. Dalvin Cook, big game. Kirk Cousins throws 10 passes. Are you kidding me? 10 passes. All right. Goes to Green Bay. I think Green Bay is going to figure it out on offense. Green Bay's defense was very impressive week one in Chicago. Give me Aaron Rodgers at home. Close game. Late. Late score, Green Bay wins in a close one. Kansas City goes to Oakland, late games. The Grandpa window, 4 p.m. window for Grandpa, sipping on his Angry Orchard at Buffalo Wild Wings for you, Grandpa. Late window, 4 o'clock games. Kansas City goes to Oakland. 
Again, emotional win for Oakland last week. Kansas City played very well. Too much firepower for Oakland. I think Oakland will be in the game because I think they'll be able to run the ball. But I think Kansas City will be a little too much firepower. Give me Kansas City by 10 points in Oakland. High-scoring game, kind of a 31-21 kind of game is what I see in Oakland. New Orleans Saints go to Los Angeles for a rematch with the Rams, this time in the Coliseum. Rams, impressive win last week on the road in Carolina. Tough place to play and win. The Saints coming off the Monday nighter have to travel. I like the Rams here to get to get even uh, to, to, to uh, round two to go to the Rams at home. Gurley played pretty well last week. Golf played good. I think the secondary for the Saints is very is vulnerable. So give me the Rams at home. Tricky game here. Chicago goes to Denver. The Bears were anemic on offense on Thursday night, week one. The Broncos were anemic on offense on Monday night, week one. The tricky part here is you got Vic Fangio, head coach of Denver. He was the defensive coordinator in Chicago the last several years, so they know each other very well. Nagy, Fangio, offense, defense, those guys know each other inside and out. I think only because this is a tough game, man. This one can go either way. You got in Denver, mile high. Opening, you know, home opener. Man. Give me Chicago. Late field goal. Pinero wins it at the at the gun with a field goal in Denver. I don't like the pick, but give me the give me give me the Bears. Sunday night in the ATL. Philadelphia goes to Atlanta. Interesting, very interesting matchup here. Atlanta played like garbage last week. Dirk Cutter, the new OC in Atlanta. Matt Ryan did not play well through an awful interception in the end zone last week. Did not establish any running game. The defense was not very good. You got Philadelphia, very slow start last week. Down 17-0 to Washington. Um, I think Atlanta's going to rebound. This is a big game for Dan Quinn and the Falcons. A game that I mean, you can't go down 0-2 if you're in Atlanta. Lots of expectations in Atlanta this year. Lots of pressure on the coaching staff in Atlanta. I think I think they're going to get it done. I think Ryan's going to Matt Ryan's going to play well. Calvin Ridley, look out for Calvin Ridley as the number two option in Atlanta. I think you're going to see him establish the running game a little bit. The offensive line was not very good for Atlanta last week, but I think Atlanta's going to figure out a way to get it done at home. And Monday night, Cleveland and the Jets. Again, we've talked about both teams. Um, I like Cleveland here. I think they'll figure out a way to get it done on the road. Maybe a road game and some adversity is what Cleveland needs, but give me Cleveland on the road Monday night. All right, pewter picks. I'm going to give you a five, four, five, six picks. All right, on the college ranks, give me Iowa State today at home. Slight underdog against Iowa. Iowa State struggled in week one. Two weeks ago, had a bye week, so give me Iowa State at home in the Cyhawk battle for the Cyhawk trophy. I'll take Iowa State at home. We have Colorado Air Force. I like Colorado minus three and a half. They had an emotional game last week against Colorado or against Nebraska. Big comeback. I think Colorado's the better team here. Mel Tucker, first year as the coach. Give me Colorado minus the three and a half at home against. Air Force, the, the Falcons.
Next game, I'm going to do a college teaser here. We're going to give you a college teaser here. Tease up. Actually, tease down. Yeah, uh, here's what we're going to do. Let's do, we're going to tease down Virginia, minus seven and a half or eight points. Tease them down. And we're also going to tease down UCF, the Knights, at home against Stanford. They were minus eight and a half or so. So tease, let's tease down Central Florida. Let's tease down Virginia in a two-team teaser together. I like that. The National Football League, Sunday. I like the Colts plus the three, three and a half. If you can buy it up to three and a half, I would do that. Take the Colts plus three and a half. I like the Pittsburgh Steelers. Love the Steelers tomorrow. If you can buy them down to three, I would do that against the Seattle Seahawks. I like the Steelers. I would do a teaser with the Kansas City Chiefs. And also I would tease up the potentially the Atlanta Falcons together. Teams to look at teasing. Atlanta, the Giants, Kansas City, Houston, Dallas are teams that I like to would tease. I would put I would put a teaser together. Dallas Cowboys and the Colts. I would go Dallas and the Colts together in a teaser. I really like the Colts on the road getting points. I think they can win the game outright. Again, so pewter picks. I like teasing Cleveland Monday night if you're going to be in the teaser business. I like a good Sunday-Monday teaser. Tease up Atlanta to plus eight. Tease down Cleveland to minus one and just win the game. I like that a lot. I love, again, straight up plays I love. Indianapolis plus the three, Pittsburgh minus the three and a half are games that I love. I gave I gave everybody on Twitter, I gave everybody Tampa Bay plus the seven Thursday nights. Had that one, hit that one. Last week I go, again, four, one, and one. So this week we're going to give you picks. We're going to give you Virginia UCF teaser. We're going to give you Colorado minus the three and a half. We're going to, we gave you... Iowa State, plus one and a half, two points. NFL, Dallas, and Indy tease together. Indy straight up plus the points. Pittsburgh, minus the three, three and a half. Okay. And a Sunday-Monday teaser, Cleveland-Atlanta. Take it to the bank, man, and break your book. Another episode. Hours on Sports Podcast. Thanks for listening. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Libsyn, Twitter, my Facebook page. Share the podcast with a friend of yours. I appreciate the support. We'll be back next week for another episode of the Powers on Sports Podcast. Have a great week.